Hi, thank you very much for tuning in to our program today. We believe that God has a word for you. We live in a time and in a world that is full of questions. Our prayer for you today is that the word of the Lord today will bring you light, direction, encouragement, and inspiration. The Lord will touch you at the right point of need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to 1 Kings chapter 4. 1 Kings chapter 4. And we'll read from verse 29. 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 29. The Bible said, And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding. Did you see something I saw there? God gave Solomon. It's not that God gave him a, a car, not a house. That's not bad. But God gave him wisdom. May God give you wisdom. May he give you understanding. That is far above your peers. In the name of Jesus. The Bible said God gave him largeness of heart. Like the sand of the seashore. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all men. Of the east and the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men. Than Ethan the Ezraite and Haman. Chakol and Dada. The sons of Maho. And his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. And his songs were 1,005. Wow. What a great capacity they had. Also he spoke of trees. From the cedar tree of Lebanon. Even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things. And of fish. And men of nations from all the kings. Of all the earth who have heard of his wisdom came to hear of the wisdom of Solomon. Father, breathe upon your word this morning. Ignite life in our hearts. Illuminate our thoughts. And grant each one of us access. And grant unto each one of us wisdom. Largeness of heart. Ability to receive, to retain. And to release in the days to come. Lord, help me, O God, to communicate your truth. To your people and they may receive it with power with great grace to become all that we will prophesy today in the name of jesus that we shall never remain the same in jesus name we pray amen prior to the enthronement of solomon as king what kings did in israel was that they led their people to war you remember saul david they ruled the people and they raised their families. David was a man of war. He was a man that was known for his ability and his greatness in war. But Solomon redefined kingship. My prayer for you is you will redefine your status. Where people have thought they have seen it all. My prayer for you is that you will redefine things. One of the things that is so amazing about Solomon. Even though the Bible makes it clear to us about David. Was a man after God's heart. What was unique about David besides the fact that he went to war was the fact that David sought the heart of God. And there was no one equal to him in that area. But when it comes into the ability to multiply things, Solomon was in a thousand miles above his father. My prayer is you will not stop where your father stopped. Amen. In fact, their limit will become your beginning. In the name of Jesus, may God grant unto you sons and daughters that will go farther than you. Amen. In the name of Jesus, 
May God not give us children that will ruin the wealth of the family. That will bring down the good name of the family. May God grant unto each one of us sons and daughters that will go far, that will be mentioned, that will give us platforms that are higher than we have ever imagined. That's the kind of thing we're about to discover in Solomon. One of the things we said about Solomon, besides being a king in his own time, Solomon was a zoologist. He was a man that studied different parts of things. Number one, the Bible tells us from the passage, the Bible said he spoke about trees. He spoke about trees. This man was not just a king. He spoke about trees. Now, you can't speak about what you have not studied. Do you understand that? He spoke about trees, about plants. That means he was a horticulturalist. He spoke about different kinds of trees. He spoke about the dimension and their foliages. Now, another thing he spoke, he spoke about animals. In other words, in botany, he was an expert. Yet he was a king. This man spoke about birds. He spoke about fish. He spoke about creeping things. One of the best reading of Solomon that I love to remind myself is the study of ants. He said, go to the ant, you sluggard, remember that. And you can't just write about something you have not studied until I read Proverbs. I never imagined that was it. I mean, I grew up in Africa where, you, you know, ants were common. You see them in company. But nobody studies them. You rather want to kill them and get rid of them. But until I studied Proverbs, I realized well, that something to study. So one day I studied them. I went to their level. I really laid down. I studied them. I realized that one died and they all carried one. Have you seen ants carrying the dead one? But man will die and we just walk past them. Ants walked in company. Now it was Solomon who studied them and made us to understand that. Such was the capacity of Solomon. He was an ornithologist. He studied birds, how they flew, how they gathered, how they come. When one is in the front, another one comes and they back up and they create waves. It was Solomon who studied that. Solomon showed us different kinds of things that ordinary kings would not bother. I mean, it was a big job to be a king. But Solomon went beyond that dimension. Solomon was a great merchant. The Bible tells us that he sailed across nations, oceans of the world. He was the marine engineer. He built fleet of, of, of ships. He went to wherever they would get the right resources. And then he built it. This is beside the fact that he was also into, into real estate. Solomon was such a man with great capacity. He was the man in creative arts. One of the things you see about in the writings of Solomon, he, he didn't just write when you, we just finished reading the, the book of Song of Solomon. And you see how Solomon described how lovers, how lovers related to each other. How one, how one had prepared, another one ignored it. And you see, this usually became the thing that you read mostly in marriages, in weddings. Solomon was such a great king that was ahead of his time. There was no one near his dimension. The thing about Solomon, friends, is he made us to understand that we can't just stay in one thing and think we have gone here. Now we are in a time and a season where a lot of professions that people have studied are becoming wiped away. Deleted is the word these days. You can't have just one stay in one professional. And I'm not asking you to, to study things that are not related. But within every profession, there are strands. Strands that can make you unique and make you indispensable. Being current is the currency of life. You must understand that what is it? Where is the direction that the world is going? We can't do church the same way old ways anymore. 
I remember when this place was being designed, people walked up to me and said, Pastor, but why don't we have staircase on the side that will come to the altar? People from the, I said, no, I'm not building a cathedral. These are not days they build cathedrals anymore. As you see some people building cathedrals, they don't understand where the world is going. These are days where whatever God has given to you must have a multidimensional relevance. You cannot run church the way all church. You can't just be relevant just because you preach the gospel only. It is important, but you must make the gospel to be relevant on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It must be about nation building. It must be about city transformation. If God has given you a profession, you must understand that it's not just to get salary and come home. It's about making your profession actually to be beyond the job you do. There must be some added value to every single thing God has given to you. There is much more to you than this. My friend, if you don't build your capacity, if you don't build your career, if you don't build your business, if you don't build your vision, it will be limited. This is our vision and prayer service today. You must be a part of the asana of the king in this end time. Now God can use you, the hidden land. Amen. Not just about just produce children and then we just go to heaven. If heaven is the only benefit of your salvation, the day you got saved, you should have left here. The scripture tells us about Solomon. It says Solomon was given the largeness of heart. I love that. Largeness of heart. I received that for myself. I received that for you too. Largeness of heart was not a medical condition that he had. It was not a problem for him. It was the capacity of his ability to, to receive information and to reprocess it and to be able to apply it. Friends, there will be power failure if there is capacity failure. No matter what it is that God has given to you, if you don't build capacity into it, it will not reflect the power that is there. And if there's anything that is wrong in our nations of the world, particularly the developing nations, Africa, the Caribbeans, it is ability or inability to develop capacity. We are power, we pray, we spend most of our life in churches, in mountain tops, on valleys and riversides, but we don't bother to build capacity. And it makes us to look powerless. It makes us to look cheap. And then the people who have built capacity are leading us and ruling us without God. I see godless nations coming to Africa and now taking over the place. And we, with our God, we have served on Sunday. We now serve man for the rest of the week. And now because they have the power, the financial power, we can't stop them when they are enthroning their kings and gods on the thing that we have dedicated to God first. Capacity, friends, it could be multidimensional. We're not just talking about spiritual capacity. Extremely important. That's where when we go into how do I develop my capacity, you will find out it begins with spiritual capacity. Many of us can't pray anymore. We run away from prayer meetings. Prayer meetings are no longer important anywhere, most places in the world. We wake up to pray 5.30 in this church. Every Monday, you need to see how large the number of people that are present. I thank God for those who are always there. I thank God for those who are joining week after week. You will join us tomorrow. It's 5.30. Right from your bed. Can you imagine how far you have to travel? <laughs> Just make sure you mute it so you don't snore into the line. <laughs> but keep praying. By the time you doze off and wake up first week, second week you'll be okay. Seriously. Until the church learns to pray and develop their capacity, 
we don't become all we should become. So more develop, I mean, capacity is multidimensional. There is also what we called, there is also what we call mental capacity. Mental capacity. Some of us, and this, uh, the children of today, many of them actually are not developing it anymore. We allow computer to handle everything for us. We will not read the Bible. The computer will read it to us. We, will not, we can't take things that are deep anymore. People don't want to go to a church that preaches more than 15 minutes. Once the message is going beyond 15 minutes, they will just switch off. They can watch film back to back, watch a whole series. And their eyes are dimming and they're still using their hand to hold it like this. <laughs> so things that can build you and give you greatness in life, people don't want to develop capacity towards it. It's only these days that I'm hearing of some course and I'm not running down any course, so I will not mention any course. People go to university and study some stuff. You think, what was that? What is that? People don't want to read anymore. You have to learn that you must develop your what? Mental capacity. I give full credit to women because a lot of things that women handle, most men can't handle it. And you think I'm not a wise man. I just secured my lunch. <laughs> the pain women can bear, most men can't handle it. Mental capacity. A woman handles issues with herself. Mentally. Handles issues with her family. And has to handle issues with her husband. And then the career one handles issue with their career. Now, this is, I'm taking you somewhere. So when I heard this morning that a women's conference is coming, and this morning they are not saying, okay, we're going to learn how to pray, which is important. But want to handle issues, medical issues of the women, including mental health. Many people behave in a way, and you can't understand how women be, because they have, they have got issues in their mind that they can't even talk about. Gone are the days that men were deceived to think that you use alcohol to wipe off sorrow. They say, oh, let's go and drink and then wipe off sorrow. By the time your eyes are open, sorrow is waiting. <laughs> the only way to deal with it, my friends, is to develop the mental capacity. But when the capacity is developed, friends, you can handle mental issues. Because many of us collapse when things just are not working our way. We have to learn to develop financial capacity. Many people become another person just because they've seen money. God wants to be able to trust you, trust me, irregardless of money that is in your pockets. Can he vouch that you will be the same? Will you still bow down and worship him? Will you still be able to say majesty despite the millions and the billions in your hand? Some of us will now need to hire some pastors. To be praying on our behalf. Financial capacity. Where you will not have to struggle. You know what? God, all I have is yours. Whether it's in increase or in decrease, Lord, I am yours. Financial capacity. That's where he can trust you and trust me. We will not change. Emotional capacity. That goes with the mental one that I was talking about. There are many people that cannot hold senior positions in the career. Because their emotions are not well developed. 
Now, we are in a season that God is saying, I want to take you up to the next level. I want to raise you, but I want to be able to trust that your emotion will not disgrace me. Now, pastor, you say to me that I cannot cry. No, after you have shed your tears, wipe away your tears and begin to walk as a leader. Don't let your emotions run wild. You can be in a presentation in your office and Barry over there said something you didn't expect him to say and because your emotions are not checked, you lose your career. Where is the capacity in there? You must know the people will criticize you whether you do good or you do bad. Despite his own personal pain. Can you understand that when God is giving you a vision, that vision will be tried? But you must grow in your compassion and grow in your emotion. Grow in your emotion. Many Christians are not doing well in this area. Particularly many of us black folks. We're not doing great. We need to get better. I pray for somebody in this place today. You can feel that this is your area of challenge. May God strengthen you. May God strengthen you. May your emotion not cancel your miracle. In the name of Jesus. People will be asked strong questions and they will see have a smile on their face. But we, our face will change. Mm, if I open my mouth, you won't like what will come out of this mouth. You, know? you won't like it. <laughs> you already said what will come out. Relational capacity. Many people are praying, God lifts me up. God bless me. But you cannot handle relationships. You can't handle friendship. You cannot handle relationship. You don't understand what it means to commit. And all the blessing you want in this world is already here. And it's tied to different people. And God has to use people to connect you to it. So how are you handling your relationship? Your relationship in church. How are you handling that? So you see why you are praying. God will touch a human being. You are praying for a husband. Somebody somewhere has a brother. They are not going to marry him. And when they see. ah, I wish my brother would see this sister. Ah, I like her. I want her for a wife. An in-law. And then you see the other side. God, I'm praying my brother will not see this woman. I'm praying you will not see this woman. Can you see that? Because somebody, somebody can see that this person cannot handle relationship. So there's relational capacity. And what that also means is you can also understand that, well, I am in relationship with this person, but I will not allow it to affect my purpose. Do you understand that now? That yes, you are my friend, but I won't allow it to affect my purpose. I can keep the two. I can separate the two. But some people cannot. It's an ability to develop capacity. I'm close to some people in government, but I will not use that relationship to certain relationship I have. I separate the two. You are close to these people, yes, but I will not use it. So that when I used it, you are those people I'm using it for, they will say, Wow. Thank you for asking me for this favor. That's what it's called capacity. Do you understand the difference now? That's when you talk about political capacity. And then you have parental capacity. Some people are not doing great having one child. They want to have five. They want to have six. You must understand parental capacity is important too. 
Don't just produce children because you feel you want. Gone are the days that you count your strength by the number of children behind you. Because I asked my grandma, I said, Grandma, why is it that grandpa has all of you? Ah, he said, all of us have farms that we're looking after for him. So all of them had to produce children too that will carry out different things from the farm. In those days, the number of children, number of wives represented the number of strength of the man. But these days, it represents the number of foolishness you have. <laughs> because parental capacity means give each child the best that this earth can offer them. Do you understand what I'm talking about? At least you will have tried your best. So that takes me to my second point. Time and capacity go hand in hand. When you have no regard for time, you cannot develop capacity. So it's like you're in university. And all you do every day is, guys, what's happening? Where's it happening? Oh, road 21. Okay, we're going. Then tomorrow, what's happening? Oh, some guys are happening somewhere. Then you are jumping from one party to another party, from one place to another. To you, time means nothing. So you have heard people say that time is money. Because when you respect time, time will add capacity to your life. The time you spend praying, the time you spend reading the Bible, the time you are spending right now, if truly you are here physically and spiritually, it's adding something to you. Don't ask God for money until you start respecting time. Perpetual latecomers cannot develop spiritual capacity. Listen, how do you want to develop capacity? You know what it means is God really is not relevant enough. That's how it is. So you see, we all develop capacity in the proportion or in the dimension of our respect for time. I value your time. In a relationship, we will develop capacity in that area. If I think about the fact that, oh, you are coming on Wednesday and you are coming for 30 minutes, I'll begin to think about what to do with the 30 minutes and I'll fill, with, fill it with stuff so that when we get together, we both sharpen one another. Because I respect your time. In most of the countries of the world where we talk about there is no capacity, just need to look at what we do with time. Solomon said, for every purpose under the heaven, there is a time. So if you want to develop purpose, look at time. That's how it goes. Until you honor time, God will not pour into you. God pours into you because you're saying to God, God, I... I this time I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. God now begins to pour something into you. Where there is no increased capacity, vision is impaired. Vision appears unattractive with little progress made. Where there is no increased capacity. If you have a choir or you have a church, or you have a department, when capacity is not developed, it looks unattractive. If you want to make it attractive, develop capacity. That's when every part of it sharpens one another. Vision appears unattractive because we have failed to develop to our full extent. We don't become comfortable when we have nothing. We push in for it because we know out there there is something. You don't stop to newness. So what is capacity? Capacity is preparation for greatness before you see it. You have to prepare for greatness. This church must be prepared for greatness. Amongst us, on the pews, we must be a people preparing for greatness. How we televise our programs, the kind of things we do, we put out there, must be a people who are talking, we are great people. 
We can't expect God to do it just for us. We really need to challenge ourselves. I have seen people with less resources doing greater things. You must understand, even when you are at home, when you are going home, when you are in the tube, you must be thinking about something God gave to you to do that you can develop better. So capacity is actually preparing for greatness. Be thinking ahead right now, even you as a person. Capacity is being called a fool for hard working because you can see beyond your critiques. Everybody will say to you, why do you really need to do this much? You're always practicing, practicing. What are you practicing for? Capacity is actually being called a fool for hard working. Keep studying. Keep preparing. Keep winning souls. People will call you names. Don't walk by sight. Prepare for those children before they arrive. Prepare for that promotion before you get it. If you don't know what your boss knows, why should you be applying for his position? So prepare for what your boss knows. Walk yourself out of a job by being over-ready. Capacity is keeping ready with God's appointment. When you have an appointment, it has a date and a time. Do you understand? But some other Christians are just living their life where it will happen one day. Happen one day does not get you out of bed. Happen one day does not make you serious as a Christian. When people leave carelessness, you ask them, have you got an appointment with death? Are you trying to catch up with death? But when you know you have an appointment with promotion, you begin to live your life in a particular way that actually makes you to stand out. Don't just look at the problems, find solutions. Capacity, friends. Capacity is professional and financial relevance above sexual gratification. That's capacity. I need to develop my life first, develop my profession first before just going after sex. You have to say to temptation, not today. I have a, an appointment with destiny. I've got a career to fulfill. It's not every time. You can't be everything if you know you are somebody that is going somewhere. Everybody else may be doing it, but not you. Why? Because you know your opportunity is down the line and opportunities have deadlines. Opportunities have deadlines. So I must be ready when it comes. Jesus Christ said, I must be about my father's business. Or rather, he said, I must do the work of he who sent me while it's day. While it's day. That is a time that is not day. You can't do it that time. You know, something about capacities. Anytime God asks you to do something, he gives you a model. So capacity is building according to the model that is before you. If you really want to build capacity in anything, you need to look out for who has done this thing before me. Look out for the model and build according to that pattern. God won't ask you to do something without model. Look for a good example. Look for somebody who has become what you hope to become. And pattern what you do and then excel what they are saying or what they've done. Capacity is redefining yesterday's good. Like I said in the morning, many people stopped where the clock stopped. Where you handed over something to them, that's where they have stopped. This is what was handed over to me. This is exactly the same way it was. No. When something was handed over to you, you have the responsibility to take it further. Who is the fastest running man? Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt was fastest. He became fastest because there was a record before him. And that record is waiting to be beaten right now. Will it be beaten one day or not? Yes. 
All of us agree. Why? Because somebody somewhere is developing capacity to exceed that. That's exactly what it is. I'm trusting God for sons and daughters that would excel us in this local church. A song was given to you. Take that song to the next level. Take the song to the next level. At least until you can write your own song. I can't understand how people can. Something was already done, given to you. You still can't do it very well. So a song is given to you. Rewrite the song. Make it something unique. Listen, there is nothing wrong in copying somebody. Just make sure that you make it your own. Do something unique. Because there's something unique inside you. Am I talking to the people this morning? Nothing really new is under heaven. Somebody saw something. All of us are copying God. Amen. Jesus Christ started it. He said, what I see my father do, that's what I do. So, but what is wrong is when you just do copyright, copyright, copy. No, 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 no. Right to copy, that's what it means. But it means that make it your own. Bring in your own thinking, your own uniqueness. Bring in something that is unique. That even when the original person says, ah, no, this is not exactly how I said it. But this is better. How come you have reserved the best wine till now? I believe there's something better. Better in you. Better with us. Better coming through this house. In the name of Jesus. Let me give you just two more and I'll stop. Capacity is the ability to take a certain task to its maximum output. Capacity is what you do with the message preached in the morning. In a local church like this. And how you are able to reach the world with it. Capacity is what you do. Don't just hear the message on a Sunday morning and that's where it stops. Some of our members are blessed. Sometimes they bring out their phone. They record just about three minutes clip. They do something that is unique about the church. Some people take the message. They take it somewhere. They, they do some kind of nice stuff with it and they put it to the world. That is, they are bringing capacity to what they ate. What are you doing with what is in your hand? Capacity. This morning, I'm going to continue next week, but this morning I want us to pray that every good thing on the inside of me, let it rise. The capacities that are hidden, the songs on the inside that are hidden, the poems that are hidden, the businesses that are hidden, the new ideas for what I carry, let them rise. Are you listening to me? There are gifts that are still buried on the inside of you. Miles Moreau said that the gravesite is the richest place on earth. Why? Because there are talents undiscovered. They died with the owner. This morning, I'm saying your talent will not die with you. In the name of Jesus, I will rise up, begin to pray. Begin to pray that before this year is over, you'll be able to see something new you are doing. Something unique you are doing. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Begin to pray. Put your hand on your tummy and begin to tap it. And say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, something new, something great is rising up on the inside of me. Wow. We want you to please get in touch with us or more information you would like to need. We have counselors and people who are waiting to help you. Until next time, stay blessed and stay restored.